fantasy in the house, yo. Let me tell you how we do things around here. Here, get to the top. Hold a little fantasy, please say what's wrong. Fantasy tactics, tips have to be hard. Listen to us, you'll be winning a lot. Not losing, just cruising. So kick off the balls and let's get choosing. The ultimate fantasy podcast. And it's live. Hello, it's the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy. Welcome back after game week six. I'm your I'm your host, Alfie, and I'm struggling to speak already. Uh, alongside me is a man who is, due to public pressure, working hard to improve his mic technique. It's the man with the stats and the beard. It's Nathan Taylor. Hello, Nathan. Hey, mate. Hey. Loud and clear. <laughs> Loud and clear. And who's that stalking around in the background? It's Yorkshire's finest export since Gareth Gates. It's the secret journalist. Hi, Phil. <laughs> All right. I forgot about Gareth Gates. How Jesus. could you ever forget about I think the whole world did, to be fair. Uh, I, was, I was always a Will Young man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weren't we all? Weren't we all? This speech against Simon Cowell. What a hero. Oh, yeah. Stood up for the little man, didn't he? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, enough about that show. It's about this show today. And that's, uh, let's talk about what's coming up today. So, in part one, we have the full Game Week 6 review looking at FPL, Draft, and Fantrax. Um, of course, I'll be asking the boys here a oh, quiz question. Part two, Top Marks, a.k.a. Will Timbers, hosts the treatment table where he discusses the idea of possibly trading out Sterling. And Tommy Gunn will also be calling in to talk about Arsenal youngster Saka and whether he can be the new bargain player. Part three, we look ahead to game week seven with some insight from FPL content creator FPL Nymphra. And of course, we peruse the changes we're going to make for our podcast FPL team. And part four is, of course, the answer to our quiz question, the clean sheet forecast and uh, a little matter of the beer recommendation. So before we do our Game Week 6 roundup and remind ourselves what the heck went on, I have the quiz question for you guys. Let's hit it. Callum Chambers scored a delightful and rather important goal for Arsenal against Villa at the weekend. He's now scored six Premier League goals under five different managers. I want you guys to name them. Okay. Okay, good. Excitement on the faces. Uh, don't forget, listeners, I'll be revealing the answer in part four. Okay, let's do our Game Week 6 roundup. Leicester take the Madison Avenue, defeating Spurs to prove they are not to be messed with this year, no matter how far they go. Chris Wilder and his blade show the good and faithful that steel is better than silver with a solid 2-0 away win. Ollie was left crest well fallen as his poor United team are hammered into submission at the Olympic Stadium. <laughs> Newcastle Brighton fight out a nil-nil. Bournemouth condemn the Saints. Wolves snatch victory from the jaws of the Eagles. Arsenal sneak a win past the villains. And would you believe it? Burnley teach new boys Norwich a lesson as those high-flying birds are brought back down to work with a bump. And oh yeah, Man City, they smash Watford 8-0. Six clean sheets this week. Six. Man City, Sheffield United, Burnley, Newcastle, Brighton, West Ham. Assist Kings were Mares and KDB with two each. Assisting defenders, Robertson, Joel Ward, Rico Lundstram as Pilaqueta. Goal Kings, Bernardo Silva with three. Goal scoring defenders this week, loads. Trent, Ricardo, Ake, Otamendi, Cresswell, Chambers. Own goals are Yerry Mina and Dendonka. Red cards, AMN and Sayas. This week's top performing players across FPL and Draft. Uh, B. Silva, KDB, Mares, and of course that annoying defender, Otamendi.
look at you two writing down all lots of answers for the quiz question. It's quite a tough one, that, isn't it? I don't think it is, actually. Oh, he's going big, Phil. He's mugging you off, mate. He's mugging you right off. Uh, okay. Got some stats for you now. Stat. Manuel Pellegrini is the first manager to win against four different Man United managers in the Premier League. That's Moyes, Van Gaal, Mourinho and Solskjaer. Another stat. Liverpool are the first team in top flight history to win their opening six matches of a top flight season in two consecutive seasons. Huh. Another stat. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has now scored 16 goals in his last 16 games for Arsenal in all competitions. He's all right, that lad, isn't he? He's pretty handy. Pretty tasty. Uh, this week's top player, top performing players in four on FPL and draft, you have the goalkeepers at Ramsdale, Ryan Fabianski, defenders Otamendi, Creswell, Lundström, midfielders Bernardo Silva, KDB, Mares, and forwards Wood, Firmino, Aguero, and Jota. Or, or Jota? No, he's Portuguese, Jota. Uh, fan tracks, Nath. Um, there's some changes. Yeah, just a couple of changes, notable ones. Edison is in there instead of Fabianski. Um, not sure Edison had much to do this weekend, but anyway. Yeah. Um, Webster of Brighton replaces Lundstrom. Uh, in midfield, it's the same, but it's slightly different with uh, KDB leading it. Mm. Um, more or less the same with the forwards, but Pepe sneaks in. Pepe. Actually, I was going to suggest he did something, but I'm not sure, really. He just ran up and took a penalty, didn't he? Scored a penna. Yeah, uh, there you go. So the form players for the past five weeks, uh, this is average points, not including BPs. Uh, not much to really talk about other than uh, Fabianski, Gunn, and now Dubravka are the top performing goalkeepers uh, in defence. Diop and Scher have joined Trent on the form train. Ooh, FPL, FPL. Let's talk FPL. Our team pod, FPL team result. We did very well, guys. 67 points. That's above the average 52 points. Um, now, we agreed to Captain Sterling, but luckily I forgot. And uh, that meant we had Salah as captain. Good tactics, Phil, or just bad admin? Um, I, well, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I mean, uh, what, are you gonna are you gonna claim it was it was on purpose, or yep. are you gonna absolutely? Right, okay. My genius knows no bounds. Yeah, oh, well, who am, who am I to fly in the face of that? Um, but in other, so the captain aside, I mean, we had De Bruyne in there. He got seventeen points. So really nice to captain him. But uh, our defence was on fire. Three of our four defenders scored goals. Yeah, mm. Trent, Ricardo, and Ake, and Robertson got an assist. Wow, what a sexy defence. Uh, we've risen now from 1,320,463 to a whopping 812,539. It's not that, bad. Mate, we are knocking on the door. Yeah. We are there. Uh, and we'll be discussing uh, our changes for Game Week 7 and Part 3, of course. <laughs> Look forward to that. Uh, the highest scoring FBI manager for Game Week 6. Congratulations. Anton Lövgren from Sweden, whose team FC Glade Killingen. I mean, so easy for me to say these, isn't it? 141 points. We made only one transfer with Jota going out for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. And uh, you'll like this, Phil. He triple captain Kevin De Bruyne. 51 points. Did. Of course he did. Uh, his other City players are Bernardo Silva and Otamendi. Other than that, it was just lesser players performed for him. Chris Wood, Matt Ryan and Yamalenko. Yamalenko. And did he get lucky or, or, or 
Is he good? Because he uh, he's now at a ranking of 15,546. Now, that is good, isn't it? Mm. Oh. And the top FPL manager overall. Congratulations, Medhat Shorkies back. Egypt's finest. Back to the top of the table after securing 86 points. Now sitting 18 points clear of the total, 489. With, guess guess who, Phil? Guess oh, who, who's on. on his heels? Oh, go on, tell me. Mohamed Hafiz Amran of Malaysia. Oh, of course he is. I would have thought you'd known that. Uh, yeah. I've got some team names for you guys. Nathan, okay. I thought I'd go with the uh, Jurgen Klopp theme. Uh, you've got Klopp's and Robbers. Mm. Two managers have got that. Paul Hadaway, What is Love, <laughs> and Thomas Hughes. <laughs> and then we've got, talking about Hadaway, Top of the Klopp's. Ryan Jones, Robert Moore. Phil? Yeah. Think- yeah, I heard it. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah, it's it's a serviceable pun. I'll give him that. It is serviceable. And what about this one? Try Sarah Klopp. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a bit more, bit more creative, but I'm not sure it works. It's not cool, is it? Mark yeah. Ward, unlucky. And this one, no relevance to uh, <laughs> to Klopp. Game of Stones. And yeah. that silence says it all. <laughs> Top, topical. Mm. let's yeah. talk uh draft fantasy now draft fantasy now uh our draft league phil this is right up your alley our draft league because of bonus points for tackles and deceptions has thrown up a surprise star player in the shape of well, it can only be it can only be one man it's the the man the kind of man mounted in newcastle's midfield isaac hayden isaac hayden who'd have thought yeah he's probably the most sought after player in our league he's he scores like six points on a weekly basis um (laughs) what a world what a world we've created (laughs) it reminds me of the championship manager days when awful players were the world's best players who was the one miss mccart what's his name Ibrahima Bakayoko. Ibrahim Bakayoko. He was, uh, it was, a guy, he was, was good. It was at Derby. Mukaku or something like oh, that. Tonton Zolo Mukaku. You guys. Yeah, come no, on. no hesitation <laughs> there. Yeah, anyway. So he's our Tonton Zola. Yeah. Uh, Chanis Sambo. Oh, sad, sad days. Kennedy Bakachoglu. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Kennedy Bakachoglu. We could do a whole podcast on this. Yeah. Mark Kerr. Whatever happened to Mark Kerr? Mark Kerr, midfield right centre. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Don't know who you're talking about, mate. Anyway, anyway. Uh, so let's talk about results. Phil, you did a comeback against Dow and his team of a 21-point scoring Bernardo <laughs> Silva, the player who Nathan let go for free. Uh, yeah, you uh, secured a win with 50 points versus 46. A good comeback for you? Yeah, yeah, I did a win. Um it was good, yeah, I, and I'll, I'll be honest, I was initially worried when Bernardo Silva wrapped up 21 points, <laughs> but, uh, but thankfully, thankfully, Dow doesn't have anybody else at all. <laughs> uh, now, to be fair to him, Callum Wilson got some points for him, didn't he? And he's got, um, he's got Aubameyang as well, who, put, who, after he scored that kind of late winner for Arsenal, I was thinking, oh, well, that's me done. There's no way I'm coming up. But yeah, I, I just smuggled it through with Kante uh, points. <laughs> yeah, you got a Philip Billing so, assist yeah, as well. You can you? you can stick all your goals later on. All I'm after is tackles and interceptions. That'll see a boy home. <laughs> uh, Aurier almost scored a goal for you as well. Um, until that was disallowed mm. uh, because of a toenail. Um, yeah, a bit dodgy that. And and you had another solid four points from Matinho. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, you, what's, you might as well have someone who brings in four every week. Mm. Yeah. on with that. 
I mean, it's only one less than uh, um, than uh, Aubameyang, isn't it? In theory. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nathan, uh, you quite possibly featured in the worst head-to-head fixture <laughs> in the history of draft fantasy, <laughs> <laughs> despite having an awful points return of twenty-six. Your side came out victors because the team you're playing, Isherwood, uh, only racked up twelve points, and he has he has Raheem Sterling in his side. Yeah, I know. I absolutely thrashed him, despite getting the second lowest total in the league. I mean, that was painful to look at, eh? but uh, three points is three points. We will take them. Uh, although you have to be top of the luck league by now, <laughs> surely, right? Yeah, I think that lucky um, win against Phil after a um, yeah umpire's decision overturned. Yeah. And a pretty spawny win against you as well so it's going well it's going it's plucky <laughs> as, as, as it might be um and the, some of us have to actually put in a shift i beat robson's high-flying aguero pookie mount and co 54 to 47 but i did that with my defense of trent ricardo peters and fabianski see it's all about the defense these strikers nonsense so looking at our table phil me and you are completely level, <laughs> completely level. Same number of points and same number of player points. Nathan here has the same amount of match points as us, despite disgustingly having 46 fewer player points. Mate, tactical. Got to keep some back for later in the season. Is there any justice in the world, Lamar might say. It is Lamar, wasn't it? Yeah, Thomas Lamar, Athletic Madrid. Lamar. <laughs> justice in the world. Right. Game week seven coming up, our head-to-head fixtures. Uh, I've got issued this week. Uh, obviously, won't be as nice because <laughs> he has Sterling back. Um, Nathan, you're up against Benny P and Sadio Mane. Yeah. Came off injured, though, didn't he? So Apparently, he's going to be there. fine, though. So. Yeah, he's in my other draft team anyway, so it's kind of swings oh, and roundabouts. Okay. Uh, Phil, you're up against Tristan, and with that comes KDB. Mm, yeah, Tristan usually beats me, so I'm I'm not I'm not very optimistic. Oh, really? By the tone of your voice, I thought you were bang up for it. Yeah, well, I mean, what <laughs> you mean? My usual monotone voice that tends to indicate whether I'm happy or sad. Anyway, I you know as long as you just got to hope that he benches KDB. <laughs> Well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're away at Everton as well, aren't they? Uh, yeah. yeah, Everton aren't as good as people make out, are they? No. Oh, that's it. Almost it for part one. Uh, before we do head off to part two, things we learned from game week six. Uh, well, I learned no matter how well a team like Man City executes tactics and plans, uh, Alan Shearer's appraisal match of the day will always be about desire, heart, and wanting it more. Desire. Yes, exactly, Nathan. Uh, that's crazy, isn't it? Uh, Phil, what did you learn? Uh, all right, it's a bit controversial, but eight nils are rubbish. <laughs> um, Depending which, which team you are. Right? Well, I've got like I've got like I mean, apologies to Man City fans who I'm sure are loving it, but like for two reasons, man. I mean, first of all, you don't take any joy or pleasure from seeing one side just trounce another like that. It's just it's like if you split champ manager. And and back in, you know, yeah, <laughs> I think we've established so we did. Yeah, yeah, I think we established. So, like, I think it was oh one oh two when they brought that editor in, where you could basically change all the stats in mm-hmm. your players. And first thing you do, because it's you kind of think it'll be funny, it'd be a laugh. You change all of the ratings to twenty, and so your entire squad has twenty ratings apart from injury proneness. And then you basically start playing the game and just absolutely annihilate everyone in it. And then after about three games, you're like, boring this. 
Mm. Really dull. I'm getting beaten every week. It's just rubbish. Eight nils are rubbish. Mm. Um, and then second of all, what's the point of City winning eight nil if they don't pick Sterling? Yeah, I just, I, I've told you before, you guys. I'm not a fan of City. I just I find them dull as dishwater. No, I mean I I I. Do you know what is it? I I appreciate City. I yeah. don't I don't love watching them because no. it's not it's not fun. Like there's like the, I think it's round. It's like widely accepted in the, one of the greatest games in Premier League history was that four three between Newcastle and Liverpool. Where the first one of those, I mean, the second one was good, but the first one was like the kind of iconic one, and it was brilliant because either team could win it. They were both going at each other. There was a bit of jeopardy and a bit of drama. Where's the drama in a team scoring after sixty seconds and then absolutely trouncing? Mm. Wasn't it five nil after eighteen minutes? Well, yeah, exactly. Like, where, where, it's like as a city fan, I'm sure you can take some. Oh, I don't know. See, as a city fan, do you take a massive amount of pleasure in that? Because I think in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, yeah, 8-0, we probably should be winning like that every week. Because the amount of money we've got and the amount and the kind of players we've got, we should be winning like that. So you don't really take a matter amount of pleasure in it. Anyway, so yeah, that's my that's my uh, one miserable little... 8 uh, nils are rubbish, is basically my... Good. Uh, rubbish, kind of... rubbish, I tell you. Nathan, what did you learn? I learned that Burnley are going to Burnley. So Norwich, obviously, everyone's favourites, having beaten Man City, came up against a team that maybe. They took a little bit too lightly and, you know, they look good this season, Burnley. And it's rewarded a few people. Someone in our draft league picked a core of Burnley defenders mm. of me, Tarkovsky and Matt Loughton. Return of um, 18 points on FPL. That would only be a 14 and a half million outlay for those 18 points as well. So something to look at when you're... Um, thinking about what you can do on a on a bit of a budget, or when you're really struggling, like this particular manager, Tommy Gunn, was after having lost his first five games, brought in three Burnley defenders and gets a win. Turns it around with his Burnley core, the Burn I core. Mean, yeah, that is that is putting all your eggs in a particularly rubbish yeah. basket. And Norwich did yeah. hit the woodwork with and have a couple of chances as well, so it could have all gone to pot, but it came through. But then the other players in there, Wood with his first goal since April, um, picked up two. Uh, he's got 21 points now so far this season. Uh, no goals for Barnes this week, but McNeil is picking up solid points every week now. He's got three assists in the yeah, last yes, five he. games. He's one of those, we've talked about the six million range of midfielders. There's a lot of them. He's now fourth in that kind of league of midfielders at six million and below. McGinn tops it, but McNeil on 24 points now. He's a player that I really like. I dropped him. <laughs> Uh, yeah right that's the end of part one we don't go anywhere because we got part two coming up and in part two I'll be speaking to Tommy Gunn about the new kid on the block uh, Bukayo Saka and we'll also have the treatment table where Top Marks aka Will Timbers discusses the potential or shortfalls of dropping Raheem Sterling who would do that don't go anywhere So welcome to part two. Earlier on, I caught up with Tommy Gunn, the deluded one. Tommy Gunn, the deluded one. How are you, mate? Alfie, how's it going, mate? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, um, you're doing very well. You did very well in your draft week. You selected a core of three Bernie defenders and, uh, you know, it worked out okay. It worked out okay. I basically resorted to 
it's like the Allardyce approach, you know, when all else fails, go Big Sam. <laughs> I've just had to do something, not the beautiful game, but it's bloody effective when it works. I'm still adrift at the bottom of the league, but I'm in touch with the next most adrift team, which is, you know, the best it can be, really. Yeah, yeah. So talking about teams cutting adrift, uh, let's talk about Arsenal. Huh, nice segue there. Um, <laughs> there's a youngster suddenly come on the... Saka. Saka's come out of um, the academy, which is great. There's a whole bunch of them, actually. Uh, he is a very promising young player, and I'm hoping that we see a lot more of him. Obviously got pulled early because of the uh, AMN red card, which was a bit of a shame, but we saw enough of him to be totally convinced by him, really. Uh, he's a very, very good young player. So our fantasy manager's looking to get him in now. Is he going to be a mainstay, do you think, or is it just, like, this is just a one-off, do you think? No, I don't think so. I don't think he's uh, first-team regular yet, but over the next couple of years, we're hoping that, uh, obviously, that, that changes. Um, I wouldn't be banging him in yet. Um, I wouldn't really be banging any Arsenal midfielders in your team, mainly because they all just um, they were all just on a on a big sort of massive merry-go-round of rotation. So, cut a long story short, Saka is by no means a first choice. But then uh, Gabrielli scored twice last night, and I think he will play a little bit more as well, just because I think the manager actually quite likes a bit of speed and pace and some direction. So, I think of the two, um, you might want to have a gamble on him. Uh, right, thank you very much, uh, Tommy Gunn, deluded one. Uh, do hope you have a good draft. Are you going to stick with the Burnley core? Burnley core is, uh, well, to be honest, with 12 teams in our league, raking through the bargain basement bin for uh, another set of defenders is basically impossible because there's nobody good out left out there. It's, you know, rummaging around in a lost property box at the local swimming pool for a <laughs> pair of shorts. I mean, what are you going to find? Some absolute crud-stained sort of skanky old speedos. I mean, there's just going to be, there's nothing in there. So I may as well stick with it, show a bit of faith in the lads and just, you know, hang on. Anyway, it came good this week and hopefully come again for the next game week, game week seven. So thank you for joining us again, Tommy Gunn. All right. Cheers, mate. See you later. That was Tommy Gunn, the deluded one. Arsenal fan, of course, if you hadn't noticed. Uh, Phil, those Arsenal youngsters. Yeah, no, they've got some. Uh, they've got some talented young players coming through at Arsenal. Um, but then that, that's always been the case with them. You know, they've always had a, a strong group of players ever since Wenger went in there and made it clear that he wanted to sort of base his side, or, or at least hopefully build towards that idea of bringing through their own young players and then playing the first team. Didn't work out with a massive amount of consistency for them. You know, they were a bit few and far between. But they've got players with potential there now. I mean, Saka's obviously one of them. He's played a few. He played in the that Europa League game uh, or the last Europa League game and did well. And obviously started the last game. And he, he looks useful. He's quick. He's direct. Um, he, he, he's definitely got the potential to score you points. And he's cheap as you know, cheap as chips. Cheap he? as he's chips. Four and, a, four and a half million. So yeah, he might might be worth a might be worth a dabble. Uh, but they've got others. You know, Willock is a good player. He's only five million on FPL. He, he's useful. Mm, so potential bargains there potentially on FPL. Okay, right. We're going to get now to the treatment table where top marks, aka Will Tembers, is waiting for us. Hello, Top Marks, a.k.a. Will Timbers. Hello, Alfie. 
How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, how was your uh, FPL game week? Uh, a little better. I was over the average. I had uh, Aguero, De Bruyne and uh, Sterling. Um, obviously, Sterling didn't play, but I was lucky enough to have Lundstrom's 12 points subbing mm. him off the bench. So very pleased, 67 points. Good, that's good. It's above the average, so you're doing pretty well. Okay, so treatment table. Thank you for, for hosting us in your lovely treatment room. Uh, we've got a few... We've had a lot of questions, actually, this week regarding Sterling. A lot of people losing faith with him. Yes, uh, I noticed he's the most sold player this game week. With over over 200,000 people selling him. I think that's a mistake. Um, we all know Pep likes to rotate his players. And once a player's been rested, the chances of them starting the next match are much higher, especially a first-team player like Sterling. And, you know, he's having a good season. He he might have done better. He might have scored more goals. But he still had eight uh, big chances in total, um, which is only behind Aguero. Um, and with De Bruyne playing and crossing those balls in from the right and Sterling coming in from the left, I think... I mean, I think there's points there. I really think he's going to do well. I think it's a big mistake, managers who are selling him. So aside from those eight chances that you mentioned uh, just then, um, there's more reasons for people to be positive about Sterling, right? Absolutely. He's um, second for City in the expected goals. So he's got 4.22 and he's scored uh, five goals. So he's kind of performing in average with what we would expect him to do. Expected goals is, of course, just a measure of trance quality. Um, and he's also had 49 touches in the penalty area this season, which is more than any other City player. So the signs are there that he's getting into the right positions. He's getting good quality chances. And with people like De Bruyne and Aguero around him. It, I mean, he's certain to, to to carry on scoring. And he's certain to come back into the team. I mean, come on. Absolutely. And he's going to come back in fresh. Uh, I know. And this happened last season. So, you know, in April this year, he came back after missing the Cardiff game. And he came back and scored twice away to Crystal Palace. Um, and after missing, he played sort of 30 minutes of Everton away in, in February and came back and scored twice against Chelsea. So the signs are that he will be reinvigorated, refreshed and come back into the team and do well. And it's against an Everton side that have conceded 13 big chances themselves and, and nine goals. So... The opportunity is there. Mm, yum, 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 yum. Uh, so thanks then, Will, for joining us on the treatment table. I hope that's allayed fears from our listeners. Um, are you looking ahead to the uh, FPL game week? I am. Uh, I, I go into it having been very bold. I've already, because of price changes, made three transfers. So I've sold Dinia and Dendonka and Haller and brought in three Chelsea players, Mount, Abraham and Tamori, who looks like he might be a real bargain at 4.5 in defence. But it's really to get the attacking players. Mount and Abraham just look in fantastic form. And with the fixtures Chelsea have got, I want to be on. You want to be on that Chelsea train? I want to be on that Chelsea train. Thank you very much then, Will. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully we'll speak to you again soon. Enjoy your game week seven. Thank you. You too, Alfie. Have a great time. On. That was Treatment Table with Top Marks, a.k.a. Will Timbers. Uh, thank you, Will. That's the end of part two. We don't go anywhere because we've got part three where we'll be talking through Game Week 7 fixtures. We'll be listening to content creator FPL Nymphra and we'll be picking our FPL team. This is Ground Control to Ultimate Fantasy Podcast. Jump, they say jump. David, can you get my shoes for me? Thank you.
Welcome to part three. Let's talk now. Let's do the upcoming game week fixtures for game week seven. On Saturday, the 28th of September, we've got Sheffield United against Liverpool in the early kickoff. Then it's Villa against Burnley, Bournemouth against West Ham, Chelsea against Brighton, Crystal Palace against Norwich, Spurs against Southampton, Wolves against Watford, Everton against Man City in the evening kickoff. And then on Sunday, just the one fixture, Leicester against Newcastle. And then, yes, Monday night football. It is Manchester United versus Arsenal. Yes, so uh, uh, Phil, some interesting fixtures there. Let's talk first, though, Man United Arsenal, Monday Night Football. Um, these two sides under their current managers have clashed only twice. So that's in the FA Cup of the Emirates, which was a 3-1 win for United. And uh, in March in the Premier League, when Arsenal beat United 2-0, also at the Emirates, actually. So they haven't faced off at Old Trafford yet. Historically, this fixture is a 1-1 draw or win by one goal. How do you see this going? Um, I mean, I, 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 genuinely, I don't know. I don't know which way it's going to go. Um, but I, I, I've got a sneaky feeling Man United might win it, and it, but I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be fun. I don't think it'd be great to watch. I think it maybe one nil. They might sneak it. Um, it's a bit. They're a bit like it's movable object versus resistible force, isn't it? Man United and Arsenal because mm. they just Arsenal ship goals and they look good going forward, but they ship goals. Man United, I mean, I, I don't, I genuinely don't. I was sat in the pub with my dad last night and we were talking about Man United and the only conclusion we could come to is they're, they're awful. And, um, and we, that game against West Ham was just depressing to watch. I mean, if I was a Man United fan, I'd be really depressed. Like, and you think about, and I, I can't say was it was talking about this, um, I think it was like Gary Neville was saying after the game, like the amount of money and resources that they've put into attacking players over the like recent years, and how limp they looked against West Ham. It, it's embarrassing, really, for them. They should invest um, in a good manager, mate. I think that's. Uh... Well, well, yeah. I mean, they kind of you can see the trajectory and how it led to Solskjaer being there, um, but they, they're tied into it now. And they've they've managed to box themselves into a position where they've got the bloke in charge who was supposed to be the kind of, oh, it's harking back to the Ferguson days. He's the saviour. He's going to come in. All this ollie at the wheel stuff. And they, they left themselves no real get out if it all went to pot, which is what it looks to be kind of doing a little bit. Yeah. Um, great for so the yeah, neutral I mean, course, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is great for the. I mean, I, I used to look for. I used to look forward to these games, like Man United and Arsenal. I think everyone used to look forward to these games. Like yeah. they, even even when they were like one sided at times, you used, there always used to be some value out of it, and there used to be some drama and entertainment. I don't think this will be massively entertaining, and I suspect that Man United might grind it out. But um, yeah, maybe one for like sort of a bit of rubbernecking, a bit of perverse fascination, and watching. <laughs> Watching two sides car crash into each other. Yeah, I think for me this fixture hasn't been the same since Martin Keown stopped playing for Arsenal. To be fair, <laughs> uh, Nathan Bournemouth against West Ham caught your eye. Yeah, um, two teams that I think against a lot of expectations look like they might be some of the best of the rest this season. Definitely in terms of watching as well. Both got a good collection of attacking players, uh, forwards and attacking midfielders. Um, some stats from. Uh, the brief history of this as a Premier League fixture, because obviously Bournemouth have only been in the Premier League for four years. Um, of the eight games that they have played, Bournemouth have got four wins. There's been two draws and only two wins for West Ham. But there's always been a lot of goals and there's never been a nil-nil in mm. this game. And with both teams looking quite attacking, I'd say that's probably set to continue. So not a lot of clean sheet bonuses on offer here. Um, the players that I like the look of, uh, obviously the, the Wilson brothers, Harry and Callum. <laughs> 
Um, and then Philip Billing, who picked up an assist this weekend. And at Huddersfield, obviously, he was in a very limited team. They looked like he was just really a destroyer and was going to get a lot of Conte points. But in this Bournemouth team, is getting forward a bit more and being a bit of a nuisance in the attacking kind of area as well. So he's a player that I like the look of as well this week. So do I. <laughs> Well, Phil, you know all about Billing, of course. Uh, yeah. Actually, Phil, uh, another fixture I wanted to talk about was Wolves versus Watford. Six-pointer? Yeah, it looks a little bit like it already, doesn't it? Like, kind of, mm. these two sides. I mean, Watford, well, actually, both of them, nobody expected them to be down there. Watford had a good end to last season. Uh, Wolves obviously had a great season last year. Um, I don't think anyone expected them to be the bottom two in the table. Um but it, uh, looking at the kind of path that these two are both coming into the game off the back of, I think it might be a bit of a tight one, this. And it might actually be a week where you might want to have some Wolves defenders in your side, which isn't something you'd say every week this season, but it might be one. I don't think what, Watford are, gonna, are not going to want to come out all attacking, like have them being you know, done, for, done for eight at Man City. They're going to want to keep it tight. Um, Wolves are... See, we'll see this as an opportunity to get a win on the board against an opponent who are kind of on the knees a little bit. So I, I think maybe, yeah, maybe maybe it's time to start investing in a bit of Wolves defenders. Maybe Bolly might be good. Johnny might be a good shout. Uh, Doherty played in their last game and looked um, looked useful against Palace. So maybe these are the kind of players you might want to look at. Mm, I've got that down as a one-one draw personally with Decore scoring. Finally. <laughs> um, Spurs-Southampton. Uh, Spurs-Southampton. Last time these guys faced off at St. Mary's was in March. That was a 2-1 win for Southampton, actually. This, of course, uh, this this week is at the Tottenham Stadium. Southampton's away record is the fifth best in the league with two wins from three, while Spurs' home record is the fifth best in the league with two wins from three. Oh, this is a draw feel, is it not? No, this is, this is going to be a Tottenham win. Oh, Tottenham, and, I, and I think I think Tottenham are going to win well in this one as well. Uh, like they they had a, a very chastening night at Colchester uh, yesterday, mm. and um, I I can only and and there's a few people like against all odds. There's a few people with knives out for Pochettino, mm. which is is nonsense. I mean, it's insane, but. He he's got something to prove. There's some the, the Tottenham side have got something to prove. I think they're going to go and win well there. Uh, Son didn't play. Well, the, I, I can't remember who came, came on. on. Did, Son, did he come on? Yeah. Well, then they, they, they rested Kane, didn't they? Mm. Ericsson came on. I did see that, but I would think Son and Kane they'll be they'll be good shouts for this week. Ooh, tasty, tasty. And one love the fixture that caught my eye just before we go. Uh, Chelsea yet to win at home, but surely this is the week for them. Against Brian, perhaps. Mm, might be back in that one. Okay, let's go listen now to content creator FPL Nymphra. Pope is still one of the trendiest transfers this week, despite Ryan matching him for points and price. Over 32,000 plus managers have got Pope in already. It's Fabianski, though, who takes the trendiest goalkeeper spot so far this week, with 46 plus thousand of you getting the West Ham goalkeeper in. In defence, there's a definite main trend this week. Over 122,000 plus managers have sold Dinia ahead of his matchup at Manchester City. Sinchenko is close behind him with 100 
118,000-plus managers also hopping off the City man who missed out last game week. Otamendi is the trendiest defensive transfer in this game week, with 125,000-plus of you getting him in. However, it's close between him and Lundstrom as the defensive move to do this week. In midfield, it's also very clean-cut. Sterling is dropping like a stone as 200-plus thousand managers shift him on ahead of game week 7. Despite him scoring four goals away from home this season and having a rest ahead of Everton who have conceded nine goals already this season. Sonny is also picking up pace with 81 plus thousand managers plumping for the Spurs man as a cheaper alternative to Sterling. Up front it's all about Abraham and Aguero again this game week. Rashford is the biggest loser though in the striker department with 139 plus thousand managers selling on the United man who seems to have picked up an injury this week. Barnes, Greenwood, Haller and Pookie are all also being shifted on for the likes of Aguero and Tammy this game week, with managers swapping one cheap asset for another or upgrading where possible. There was FPL and Nymphra. You can, of course, listen to more of her stuff if you go to her YouTube channel. You can just click on the link in our podcast blurb, the episode blurb. Um, yeah, or you can just Google her. Up to you. Right, picking our FPL team. Our team sheet reads, well, we've got Schmeichel, Trent, Robertson, Ricardo, Ake, Sterling, Salah, KDB, Sebeos, Ayu and Puki. On the bench, got Dead Donkey, Kelly and Greenwood. So we've decided to go for, we're going to just do the one transfer and we're going to get in McGinn, 5.6 million, and we're trading out Sabayos at 5.6 million. Uh, what's the thinking there, Phil? Yeah, well, I think we did that. We did that sort of classic thing, didn't we, with Sabayos of bringing him in after the him having done the, the one good thing he's going to do all season. Um, and then we've been piggybacking on his averageness since. Yeah. So uh, McGinn, though, coming into the team, Nathan. Yeah, he's um, of the bargain midfielders. I think when we did the previews, we talked about there being a lot of midfielders at the six million mark, um, and it's hard to pick between them because they could all do that. Starting to sort the wheat from the chaff now, and of the six million and below midfielders, he's top by quite a way now. Ooh, fantastic! I'm excited, uh, and he's a very busy player, isn't he? Captaincy, then. I mean, it's either a choice of Sterling, Salah. Um, or uh, KDB, unless we want to go crazy and go for a Leicester player like Vardy, or uh, oh, we haven't got Vardy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or we go Ricardo or Schmeichel in defence and hope for a clean sheet. Um, but I think we're going to go with Salah, aren't we, boys? Yeah, I think Salah because Nathan. I just think that they'll Liverpool will be too good for Sheffield. Sheffield United have got a good defensive record, but they won't have played against a team like Liverpool before. No, you agree with that, Phil? Don't you? Yeah, 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 I'm all over that. And like like we've talked about, I think there's no guarantee after last week that Sterling is definitely going to start for Man City. Ooh, nasty. Uh, so that's the end of part three. We've got part four coming up where we will be discussing the clean sheet forecast and we'll have the answer to the quiz question. Welcome to part four. Let's do the quiz question and the answer. Um, I asked, Callum Chambers scored a delightful and rather important goal for Arsenal against Villa at the weekend. He's now scored six Premier League goals 
Under five different managers, I wanted you to name them. Let's go first. Uh, well, the obvious ones are obviously Emery this this weekend. Yep. I told Karanka. No. <laughs> Phil. Did he? I mean, he'll he'll have played under Wenger. What did he score yep. under Wenger? Twice. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, then he was he was on loan at Fulham, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, was it last scene? So that'll either be Jukanovic or Ranieri. Ranieri, yep. Okay. Two Nigel Adkins. No. Pochettino. <laughs> Pochettino. Oh, yeah. Pochettino no. must have been it. Oh, no. Surely it must have been at Pochettino. No. Who else is it? South Pulis. Tony Pulis. No. Nigel Adkins. No. <laughs> this is great, isn't it? It's <laughs> like a car boot uh, sale. Scott Parker. Managers. Scott Parker, yep, he's on there. Oh, the one more you got to get. Now, I'll give you a bit of a clue. Um, he actually played for Pompey back in the day as a winger. He had no hair. Yeah, his name sounds like he should be a cricket commentator called Jonathan. Oh, Agnew? Yeah, Steve Agnew. Steve Agnew. Oh. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Where was right. Steve I have Agnew no idea. I have no idea. Was he in charge yeah, of Fulham? Middle- Maybe no, Middlesbrough's caretaker. Uh, that yeah, that might make sense. Yeah, that, that yeah, I think he was at Middlesbrough. Ooh, that was exhilarating. It was a proper roller coaster ride. That I'm yeah. sweating and everything. Okay, the clean sheet forecasts. Ooh, as Nathan uh, brought up earlier, Bournemouth against West Ham. Uh, as we were saying, there's never been a nil-nil. Uh, so 13 goals in the last four fixtures between these two teams. Bournemouth have scored five goals in three home games this season, whilst West Ham has scored four in three away from home and are yet to be beaten on the travels. So this uh, this speaks of like a score draw for me. Aston Villa and Burnley. Burnley are yet to win in their travels in three games. They've drawn two and lost one, conceding four goals, but scoring three, whereas Villa have kept two clean sheets out of three at home and they were against Everton and West Ham. So you could argue that Burnley should be a an easier test as it were if there's such thing exists in the Premier League uh, Palace Norwich Palace still unbeaten at home have only conceded one goal at Sellers Park so far this season and that was the last minute equaliser against Wolves last weekend so they could be a good shout so my clean sheet forecast predictions for you people are Aston Villa Palace City yeah I know I'm going crazy Chelsea now there's the one that I think is a bit silly, maybe. And Liverpool. Nathan? Just the three from me this week. Villa, Burnley, Spurs. Ooh. Burnley, eh? Phil? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Liverpool, Spurs, Wolves and Leicester. Mm. So, Wolves. Between us, we're all going to be right. Yes, exactly. We're all <laughs> correct. Well done, us. Now, let's look at some players who... the uh, Notable players, coming attractions, players will perform. Uh, I was looking at Decore to score... I think Watford scored at least two goals. I don't know why. Ayozi Perez is back at Newcastle. Uh, football likes those sort of narratives, don't they? Uh, Jeffrey Schlupp is, uh, is one to keep your eye on for Palace. Getting into attacking positions. Quite a cheap option. And he plays. Um, Phil, Aaron Cresswell, 4.9 million and only 4.9% of FPR managers own him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was I, He was dropped after the opening game of the season. He like when, when West Ham got done 5-0 by City uh, and didn't really get much of a look in since because they went for Masuaku. Uh, but he was suspended for that last game against Man United and Cresswell came in and scored. So... Uh, he's definitely he's always been one of those kind of defenders that are that are worth keeping an eye on because he creates chances. 
you know, he takes free kicks, takes set pieces. Um, if he gets a little run in West Ham's side, and West Ham haven't got the worst run of fixtures coming up, they've got a, a fairly nice run of fixtures. If Cresswell gets a run in that side, he could be uh, he could bring some points in for you. Mm, and they look a better side now, West Ham, don't they, this season? Um, also, uh, Phil, we've chosen McGinn for our fantasy team. Uh, yeah. We're right to get behind him, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's impressed all season, and he continues to do so. Um and you look at you look at his kind of uh, the stats bit under have underpinned this season so far. He gets in he gets in good positions. He creates chances. He has shots. These are all the kind of barometers that you want for a midfielder who might potentially get points for you. And as it turns out, that's exactly what he's doing. Mm, indeed, uh, Lundstram Nathan. He keeps doing well for Sheffield. I mean, is it worth just getting him in your team just for those occasions? He's still at four point four million. He's got. A good points tally. What I would say is he's now in 26% of FPL teams. So it might be that you've already missed the boat on there and everyone's picked up the, the lion's share of his points. I mean, Sheffield United look like they're going to be a, a decent enough team for the rest of the season. So I'm not saying to ignore him, but it's probably worthwhile looking at who's going to be the next Lundstrom kind of breakout player. The one that I am keep banging the drum for, I think Adama Traore is going to have a bit of a breakout season. Got an assist this weekend. People say he's got no yeah. end product, but he look, this season he looks a little bit more like um, he actually he knows what he's going to do when he gets into the final third and is starting to establish himself in the team either as a wing-back or on the right of a front three as he played at the weekend as well. So I like Adama Traore. And Adam Webster's the other player that I like the look of. He came into the team for the 5-0 loss against Man City, but he stayed in there. He's edged out Shane Duffy. Picked up eight points this week. Wins everything in the air. He's good on the ball getting forward. So in Brighton's style, I think he might be a player to look out for as maybe a breakthrough player. Oh, good. Yeah, Shane Duffy, famously of boys' own, of course. <laughs> and Phil, um, speaking of Brighton, apparently they're in vogue at the moment. Matt Ryan did well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's only in the same school of thought to some extent as as the Webster shout, really. Um, like Brighton, don't uh, they're, they're a possession based side now, um, and that's that's the kind of way that they want to play, and they, they haven't faced that many shots. I mean, outside of City and some of the big sides, Brighton have, have done pretty well defensively, and not faced that many shots. And I think out of the cheapest sort of crop of keepers in your sort of mid four million range, uh, Matt Ryan might be the one to pick up. Mm, 10 points this week. Uh, another player was interesting was Riyad Mahrez, of course. Not so profitable when brought on as a 10-minute sub, but has played 90 minutes three times this season, where he's acquired five assists, one goal, and it's 32 points over those three games. So, And that's uh, basically it. Uh, but before we go, very quickly, we got our What Beer Shall I Drink section. Uh, what Beer Shall I Drink? Nathan, at Johnson163452, says... Strongest beer of all time. I think uh, basically this is a bloke that hangs outside my local shop. He wants to know which is the strongest beer of all time. Okay. Before I say this, um, drink responsibly. <laughs> and I'm not recommending any of these beers. Uh, strongest beers of all time. For a while, Brewdog were involved in a bit of an arms race with a German brewery to brew the strongest. And they had things like tactical. I hate these names and I don't particularly like Brewdog. Tactical Nuclear Penguin, which was... <laughs> 35 percent 
ice ferment, ice distilled beer, then sink the Bismarck, which was like 40 something percent. <laughs> uh, that was obviously a reference to the Germans overtaking them. So it's n- nice that we're still mentioning World War Two yeah. in these things. Um, Schorschbrau from Germany have put out a couple of high 40s. Um, but actually at the moment, it's a Scottish brewery called Brewmeister. have got one called uh, Snake Venom and it's in the high 60s percent. Uh, I'm not recommending that as a drink to drink. If you want something ridiculously strong that will actually taste decent, then there's a Belgian brewery choice that have Black Damnation that's 39% and actually is um, at least edible. Brilliant. I love those names. <laughs> I, I want a beer to be called Dead Nun in the Face or something like that. <laughs> um, I, uh, I once went to the, uh, a beer festival and I drank a 13% beer and that was like drinking black treacle. Yeah. So God knows what 60%. It's, it's just whiskey. Isn't it? Yeah. It's just whiskey. Mm. That's what it is. That's, that's what, anyway. Do drink responsibly or don't and just smash your face up. Uh, <laughs> that's the end of our podcast uh, for this week. But um, we'll be in that back next week at the usual time. Many thanks to Nathan. Thank you, mate. Phil. Cheers, Alf. Tommy Gunn, FPR Nymphra, and to the Fantasy Football Chaps. If you're new to contact us, you can do at Ultimate F Pods. Just say hi or just say no. Uh, enjoy Game Week 7. We'll see you the other side. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye.